Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Just before we get into the interview, this is just a brief message. Uh, this is actually a recording of the 2021 Superconscious Success Summit interviews. If you do want to check out the introductory for all of the guests, then you can go across to our Superconscious Success YouTube channel where you'll be able to find all the introductions. These particular podcast interviews will be the interview only. Okay, thank you. Now let's get on to the interview. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Welcome back to another amazing interview where we're going to speak to Kayford Simons. Now, if you have not yet spoke, uh, listened to her introductory video, head across to the Superconscious Success YouTube channel and check it out where she tells her story of the tragedy associated with losing her sister and how she has actually turned that around to helping uh, young people all over the world to deal with, with their own tragedies and to deal with the resilience and to, to find the power within themselves um, to become the best versions and to, and to get through the grief that they are experiencing. So first off, Kate, how are you doing today in snowy New Jersey? Yes, I'm doing wonderful. I am absolutely lapping up the snow, what's <laughs> yeah. left of it. Hopefully we might get one more little snow, but either way, it's such a treat as an Australian to us. Uh, oh have snow at your doorstep it's not usually what you get in sydney australia so um, and even less in perth where i am so yes i can imagine actually uh, i i did ski a fair bit as a kid i used to go to jindabyne and perishar and all that in new south wales but to have it at the doorstep um it's funny a lot of the locals are like oh not the snow and i'm like it's snowing (laughs) they're like what is wrong with you i'm like listen to my accent this is such a novelty yeah yeah yeah, it, it's funny because we actually lived in Germany for two years. Oh wow! Um, when I when I first married my husband, and we we I had my son over there, and um, we had two white Christmases, oh. and we had one white Christmas when um, we were in Spain. We we're in Madrid for Christmas, and it hadn't snowed there in ten years. Wow! And we woke up Christmas morning, opened up the blinds, and it was covered in snow. Oh, how um, oh, it was beautiful. And then the following year that we were there, um, it was snowing in Germany, exactly where we were. And and I remember thinking, I've got to lap this up because when I'm back in Australia, Australia. Uh, and today we're hit, we've just hit 39 degrees Celsius. Uh, I, can't, I forget Perth. what the heat feels like, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, I was like that when I was in Germany, yeah. yeah. Um, so it is really interesting to see the differences in, in the temperatures all over the world. Yes, um, you know yeah. you you've got your your little jumper and stuff on, and me, 
Um, yeah. I'm just trying to keep cool and not sweat. So. Yeah. I know it's uh it's interesting and that I think because I spent all of winter in Australia and then I moved over here in August last year so I went kind of winter into their winter but yeah you know what is amazing here as well the fall like the autumn time yeah mm -hmm. the leaves is nothing like I've never really experienced that before I've seen snow and that but like haven't spent time just watching especially over just like one week it just goes through this transition where it's inspired it would light up our whole room just red from all the leaves it was so beautiful, beautiful. so I appreciate and I'm sure like um you're probably like me you can appreciate the the metaphor of you know the seasons change these two shall pass you know everything's fleeting that kind of idea Absolutely. I think I've really enjoyed living in um four seasons but I have been here in summertime before and it is not pleasant. <laughs> getting right. Very humid on the East Coast and very high temperatures. So uh, I, I'll, I'll psych myself up for that one, but it's worth it for this. So, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. So, so as I said, you've, you've had quite the story. You, you are now um, inspiring people all over the world talking, talking about resilience and resilience is a topic that, um, we need to understand and we need to instill in our children, uh, especially teenagers who are going through their own struggles, they're going through their anxieties and, and their depressions. And you mentioned in the intro that you dealt with anxiety yourself um, as a teenager, um, along with the eating disorder. Um, and I mentioned to you that, you know, my daughter, she, um, she deals with anxiety as well. Um, and, but she is, she's actually an empath which which tends to tends to trigger anxiety because of the fact that you you take everybody else's um yeah. problems on yourself so mm -hmm. she's learning to sort of like control control that um that environment um did were you an empath as a child is that something that that you recognize or was there something that um as a child that sort of triggered the anxiety I guess I just, it was that sense of, I think what a lot of teenagers face as you start to grow up and like, it's like you realize the real world starts to like, you suddenly travel closer to like when yeah. you're out on your own. And for me, it was a lot of, I just wanted to try and control the future and control what was out of my control. You know, what, yeah. what grades am I going to get? I felt, and it wasn't my parents at all. I put a lot of pressure on wanting to always please them and be smart, like be seen as smart and pretty, like I just put, and it was just so much of my own self-worth and self-image was on, factored on things that was out of my control. Right? I yeah. can't control what people think of me. I can't control exactly what the future, like, yes, there's things within my control that can influence that, but I was just so focused on um, what wasn't within my control because I thought that was the only way I could manage, like, my emotions was okay. I feel less anxious if I can go and change that thing, but focusing on changing that thing that isn't within my control made me feel more anxious. So it was kind of this spiral, and that's what led to the eating disorder. Of I felt like the only thing I could control was what was going in my mouth, how much I weighed. I'd weigh myself like seven to ten times a day, wow. and just relied on that dopamine hit. The only time I'd feel good is when it would reflect back the weight I wanted. Wow. But then, of course. And so I kind of became hooked, like our brain gets hooked to that, that dopamine. And I didn't know how else to, to get that sense of like, you are enough was coming from a number on yeah. a scale. But then of course, when it wasn't what I wanted, it would be the complete opposite of spiraling into shame and self-loathing. And, you know, so it was, it was such a turbulent last few years yeah. of my high school life. Um, and I was kind of beginning to get a little bit more of a hang of it. I actually found, um, 
you know, my, my boyfriend that I met when I was 16, he was right into like personal training. So he kind of got, got me more into weights because I'd just run and run and run and run and like yeah. break myself down. So I was slowly starting to come around through that. Um, cause yeah. And then when I was 20, it was 20. Um, that's how old I was when Nicole, yeah. uh, passed away. And I can't tell you, it was like whiplash of like waking me up to be like, I've written a funeral speech and not anywhere in that is there a number of what she weighed, how much she earned, you know, what dress size she was like nothing. The impact that you leave on people has nothing to do with your achievements. It's who you're striving to be each day, what you dare to go after, how you make people feel in your presence. And I had to look myself in the mirror and I'm like, I'm trying so hard for people to like me more but along the way I'm treating them like crap I'm cranky I'm stressed I'm melting down I'm reactive I'm snapping at mum and dad like I nearly didn't go to Nicole's last birthday um she was turning 24 and I remember being frustrated at her because a uni exam and how dare you put an like like how dare you have a birthday when I put an exam like I just remember now and I was that close not going because we kind of got a bit of like a tip about it because I was being you know a <laughs> not very pleasant <laughs> I'll, I'll say the language you're old yeah yeah but um and so it was just like and now that was just like such a priority like shift of like yeah. hang on a second and that's what really shifted me into being more value oriented and 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 using those as like what who do I want to stand for in the world and using that as my guiding light not what can I get praise and approval for from someone and and you know just being about yeah. the outcome like I am a like I've still got a high achiever in me where, you know, I work hard and want to like do my best and get the goal, but not at the expense of my values and how I treat other people. And that was a huge alignment for me, yeah. which unfortunately some of us, you know, we can all do our best to put that out there in the world. But then sometimes I feel like that's why there is adversity in the world because it needs to rattle you up. It needs yeah. to shake you up a little and remind you that we're not here for an easy life. I feel like we're here for the purpose of, growing and for the and lessons and for the expansion yeah. and 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 i and i still believe that this is this is a reason that COVID has has mm-hmm. reared its head because we were all sleeping we were yeah. all um our consciousness needed a shake up we needed to start to appreciate what we had and start to really come within ourselves and the amount of people that have gone through spiritual awakenings during this time um, is incredible because mm-hmm. the adversity that they've been feeling, they've been losing their jobs, their relationships have fallen apart, their, you know, their kids have been going through depression. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that, that have been happening which have really shaken the core of, mm-hmm. of our world. And, and, and it was because we're all asleep. It was, it was time yeah. for us to start to recognise the bigger picture and, yeah. and recognise that, that we all have a purpose in this on this earth and like you said it's it's about expansion it's about yeah. learning those lessons and so you managed to um push through your anxiety you learned to deal with it um how did you manage that well i think it was the biggest part was like i think it kind of co-aligned with just like losing my sister and so it yeah. kind of just like my brain was just like like when you go through trauma like that like your brain just kind of buzzes out so almost just like slice through that and and since then I've learned like a lot of tools and helping teams with it but for me it was like just like a massive shattering um 
that you know there's just bigger things to focus on in, in that moment than worrying about a grade and <laughs> yeah. exam. I actually remember I was two assignments away from finishing my degree and they still made me do it and I was very frustrated at uni <laughs> but god love I was in a group assignment and they carried me through so it was beautiful um but yeah I I guess for me it was you know, sitting there on the floor and realizing that even when your life isn't shattered, you've lost your job from COVID, you've lost a loved one in COVID, your teens depressed, like you still always have a choice in yeah. how you respond based on what you choose to focus on, the perspective you take and the meaning you choose to find. And even just like what you were saying about, you know, COVID's come to awaken us and give us that realignment that we all needed. Like I'll play devil advocate because we all hear it. Like you can't prove that. That's yeah. just all in the fairies and you're just saying yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I can't prove it. But you also can't prove that it's not true, right? Yeah. Like no one has any clue why things happen. No one has any clue what the future really looks like. So where does that leave us? With a choice. Yeah. And given that choice is going to determine how you feel and the energy that you have and your ability to take action, why not choose to tell the story and find meaning in a way that helps you feel strong and empowered to do something useful productive like for me exactly. I'm like why not just believe that it feels good to our soul and you get one choice here like one chance to be here on earth why not choose yeah. to see that the universe is in your favor I don't get the upside to spinning like the doom and gloom story that it's all just a random happenings of the world's a cruel place like yeah. I'm not denying that the world is unfair like that's one of my, one of the things I, I teach the kids is like the world owes us nothing. Like yeah. that's the truth. It doesn't even owe us the right for the sun to rise every single day. And so if you can come from that place that like the ground that's beneath true. my feet is a blessing, yeah. then everything else you can come to the world from a place of, of just gratitude and gratitude is the antidote to depression, to anger. Like it's that's hard true. to feel helpless when you are able to be in that place of just gratitude for the simplest of things and looking back at my journal entries when I just a couple of weeks after losing Nicole I was like I kind of did like a, a sandwich <laughs> I would look at it now and I'd start out like Nicole you know I love you and I'd appreciate her and then I'd let out all the pain and the anger and the fear and the the guilt like I was a little not very nice human up until like, you know, I was kind of taking my life for granted. I wasn't really doing what I wanted and I wasn't great to my friends and family. So it was, I wanted to take her place. I was like, why me? I, 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 I would give anything to have her back. It should have been me. So I'd let all that pain out and then I'd finish with, but you know what? I still had you for 20 beautiful years in my life. I still get to call you my sister. I still, so I'd kind of sandwich it in. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I didn't feel the, or still feel like even the other day, randomly, just stream of tears over just, yeah. you know, I'm, I miss my sister, but it stops you from becoming bitter over yeah. it. And I think to me, that's what resilience is really about being able to go through experiences without becoming bitter and going that step further, further of using them to become better, right? Yeah. More of the person you want to be. But the thing is, it's up to you and it's a choice. And all, I think, you know, all of this community and everyone who really believes in this stuff is we all just have to be shining examples of what is possible, that you can go through this trauma, this loss, this unfairness of the world and still yeah. choose to, um, yeah, see it in a way that just helps you feel good. And no one, that's your choice. That's the one greatest 
gift that humans have is that freedom over our perspective and never let anyone tell you that what you think is crazy or it's not possible or that's just baloney like I'm like yeah maybe so in your world but in my world inside my head this feels good so I'm rolling with it it's funny it's funny the um the people that kind of like you know you're you're in your own little world and you're like oh this I'm gonna do this and this and and this is what my life is 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 turning into and this is what my life looks like and then I go you're crazy like that's that's not possible you can't do that and I say sorry but in my world I I am doing that (laughs) And and they go, oh yeah, get back to reality. Don't don't you like that saying? Yeah. How about yeah. just yeah, get back to reality? And I'm like, this is my reality. Yeah, I was gonna say the reality is of your own formation in your own mind. Like we are all I think it's fascinating. Like, don't you think it's crazy how like you can be this far apart from someone, although not in COVID times over here, but like yeah. right next to someone and be in entirely different worlds. Like oh, I think absolutely. that's fascinating. We are never actually living in the same world and we are only ever reacting to our own thoughts and beliefs about what's happening in the world. It's never actually the world. So I think that's um, when you can understand that you like for me, and I did that next step of growth, like for a little bit that, you know, I was trying to convince everyone, you know, this and that and see it my way. And now I'm like, I just feel good about what I want to put out into the world and the people that are ready for it will take to it. And those other ones, I just like send them love and hope that one day they find a story and a journey and a belief system that, serves them a lot better than how they're currently thinking because I've been that person before and it doesn't feel great to just be like pessimistic and limited and only fixated on what the eye can see yeah because 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 the thing is we're we're all living in an illusion everything around us is an illusion it's 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 how we perceive something. We can change what what I'm seeing is very different to somebody else that comes in the room and sees the same same thing. Yeah, um, because it's based on what our perception is of of that particular object or of the particular situation. That's why perceptions is so so important. And yeah. when you start to tap into, I don't know if you've tapped into parallel universes and how not you, a lot. I've had a little bit. Yeah. But- it's, it's incredible once you can actually, um, you know, because I've delved a bit into, into parallel universes and, and being able to change through the law of attraction and, and that being able to change the universe that you're actually, that you're actually a part of. Um, it's quite fascinating and, and it's all based on your belief system. It's all based on, on, on what you believe is possible. And like Kate said, never allow somebody else to tell you you can't do something. Mm-hmm. because if you believe even that you just can't believe something yeah right like even like I just like choose to believe we live in a friendly universe field yep. like I'm with good people and people are like, oh, you know so it's this and there's terror I'm like but most people are good like, yeah can't we just believe that and come into the world where most people are well-intended and you know one thing I know every single person on this planet is human yeah so that means they're gonna make mistakes they're gonna stuff up they're going to act from insecurities and fears sometimes just like we all do but does that make them a bad person no, it no. makes them human and so yeah. if you can allow space for humanity to be on this planet not these perfect robots that instagram's now saying we should all be and look like and filter and uh-huh. you know, it's just like stop trying to make the world perfect allow space for the adversity and just lean into it with curiosity of like, there is a purpose in this. Like, I believe my kind of motto is, you know, not every, every experience in life is good, but there's something good in every experience. 
Yeah. Right? So it's like, yep. not okay. You might like, certainly losing my sister is not something that, you know, I ever want to feel really good about and happy about like, no, but I can, I realize I can choose to see this in a way that feels good to my soul. That's going to give yep. me the strength to get up in the morning, keep being kind to the world, especially as like, you know, I don't talk about it a ton, but like, cause Nicole died over in coast million Thailand, like the legality of dealing with stuff over there was not black and white. They were trying yeah. to frame her partner for it. We had video footage showing it. They're like saying there's no video footage. Like, yeah, they treated my parents with no compassion, no remorse, not even the guy that killed her. Like dad had to sit opposite him and he just was like stone cold, didn't apologize. So I remember just being like, how can humans treat another human like this? But you know what I did then? And this was, I guess, if you were saying about whether I'm an empath, what I did is I went and I stood in his shoes. And I said, had I been a kid that grew up in that town and been given that belief system and taught that, you know, over there I learned life is cheap, that if you die, you were a bad person. If this happens, then that happened. Like, yeah, I, I morphed myself in it because I realized that judging and hating him and staying angry at him only punished me. Yeah. Absolutely. And it held me back from being able to do the one thing that gives me energy to get, get, keep getting out of bed every morning. And that's to honor my sister and carry her forward. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, now it was like, running a relay and she's like handed me the baton and she's like you go girl you go and you know live this life for the two of us and I realized that it only holds me back by trying to you know I could easily have told the story of like my sister like you know died in Thailand it was so unfair they were cruel like I can't trust anyone now don't go like you know no I'm like I leaned in I was like what are the lessons that I can take from yeah. this and it even came down like I never thought as a 20 year old I'd be excited about travel insurance but <laughs> I cannot tell you the difference that made to my family by having their support not only financially but guiding us through bringing a body back home to Australia and just like the smallest little things that when you're in the moment of panic and grief you don't know what you're doing so having that support I just took every little thing and I just was like, how can I carry this forward in a way that feels good for the kind of sister and human I now want to be in this world, knowing there are people like those in Thailand that still exist. Yeah. Each and every one of us in every adversity, we have a choice. We're going to contribute to the suffering of the world or the healing of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, and I always like to say when, when you start to doubt things and, and you start to, I've had, I've had people that have said to me, oh, we live in, in such a dangerous world and, and I, I feel sorry for the kids of today's society having to grow up with all that social media and, and this and this and this. And, and I, I just say, look, do you know what? God doesn't make mistakes and God put everybody on this earth um, for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And we may not understand what that purpose is. We not, may not agree with what that purpose is. But judgment of other people is only judging ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we need to recognise, like you said, things are going to happen in this world. If you can take a lesson out of what has happened, um, then the, the job has, has been, has, is on its way to being fulfilled. We can actually start to, to heal from what's, from what's happening. Um, and, that's, and that's not to say, obviously, it is really, really hurtful um, when something bad happens to you, I've I've had st- personal stuff happen to me too, where people close to me have have actually suicided, 
um, and the effect that it's had on the family members has been pretty pretty dramatic. Yeah. Um, but it's also been a learning lesson that has allowed us to expand um, yeah. as people and as souls. So, um, so I think that's really um, an important point. When it comes to resilience, you go around and you speak to teenagers in particular. At the moment, obviously, with COVID, you can't actually go into the schools anymore. Yeah. Um, but you do a lot of virtual summits, don't you, and virtual presentations for that. Yeah, yeah. So I speak online to schools here in the US and, and back in Australia, and it's really sharing my story. So a lot of like what we just went through because, you know, I am speaking to teenagers and I yeah. learned very early on, you have to appeal to them emotionally and kind of disarm their resistance of them thinking I'm going to be another lecturer that's going to tell them what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I just like to show them what's possible and what choices they have and what might work out the best for them, but it's not at all coming from a place of I know best. Um, but yeah, so I speak online, I share the story and then I do like to get kind of practical and, and, and tactical with the kids and break things down because I know they've all heard things like, you know, focus on the positives or happiness is a choice. And it's like, like, yeah. come on, like, yeah. how does that, like this thing's happening to me. What do you mean? It's a choice. Or I really grew up believing that how I feel and, and the way I act and the way something impacts me is, you know my life is the way it is because of what happens to me, right? That's what a lot of us think. And so I like to break down this idea of like, um, you know, circumstances, the things happening outside of us really are, and what we were just saying, like we live in our own reality, like the outside world is just neutral. It just is what it is. There is no good or bad, only thinking makes it so. So it's not like we're trying to feel happy about all these negative things out and there in the world. True power is found in realizing that, it's all just neutral. It's all just happening out there. And it's our own mind that brings meaning to any experience. Mm -hmm. And that isn't saying then we just want to see the world through rose colored glasses where everything's just wonderful. Like I said, the last thing I want to say is I'm so glad my sister died. Like that's not it. But our only options aren't we feel really happy or we feel miserable. There's a whole range of emotions and ways to look at and think about things that will then directly change the way that you feel and by changing how we feel we then change how we show up the action that we take because it's our emotion that is always driving our our action that's how most like you know puts us into motion is our emotion yeah and then it is what we do or don't do in the world that's going to have a result right create that reality for us and so that is why our thoughts begin to feel more and more true to us because they actually have us feeling and acting in ways that will create more evidence for that story. So I have like a model and a way of breaking things down for the kids to see like, it all starts from your belief and your mindset first. You know, you can't be like, well, I went through all this crap and it was awful and nothing good ever came from it. It's like, no, you have to start with the attitude of like, (laughs) what could possibly be good that could come from this? And then that's what gives you then the energy and the openness and the curiosity to then maybe take some more productive action. And then that will create more of that for you. It wasn't like for me, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And then just a foundation for my sister appeared in front of us. And then we're like, oh, what do you know? Something good came from it. (laughs) My family's attitude and perspective and, and belief from the beginning, like this is like, we want to create the good. And so I sometimes often say maybe there isn't good in any good in any circumstance maybe you have to be the good thing that happens in that circumstance 
Yeah, I you love that. Be the good. I yeah. love that. And and being able to turn a tragedy that that we that we have into um, into something that is purposeful and something that is going to be a legacy, um, like you've you've done for your sister. You've created a legacy for your sister that has that has really inspired so many other people. And you know, within this summit itself. Um, I've got a, as you know, um, being in the particular day, um, one on overcoming adversities and, and I've got some incredible speakers in there that have all had their share of, of trauma from, you know, uh, sexual molestation through to someone that was paralyzed and is now turned into a, um, uh, a person that speaks on uh, your past doesn't define your future. Um, and this is a guy that's paralyzed, he's in a wheelchair, but his perception as to what's happened and what he can do um, changes his entire life and his entire situation. I've had a, a, a girl there that um, was a model and an actress. She got into one of the most horrific car accidents ever. She was completely disfigured on her face. Um, and had to go through 24 operations um, in order to heal. But because of her belief and because of the law of attraction, she's actually been able to reverse all of that. She's the most beautiful person like you're going to see. She's um, and the most inspirational person. I've got, I've got some incredible speakers, including yourself, Kate, who have managed to turn the trauma in their lives into something that can provide value to so many other people. And if we can find the stories within what happens in our lives to make a legacy and make an impact, then it makes all of the, the lessons that we learn through that trauma so worthwhile. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I totally applaud you. And I say you are doing some incredible work, Kate. And, you know, the, the children of, of today are so blessed to have you teaching them resilience because it is something at the moment which when the level of, of teenage depression and anxiety is increasing, especially during times of, of COVID and, um, and just being a teenager and having hormones all over the place. Oh, yeah. Good times, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Those, those days, yeah. I have to say, I'm glad they're over for me. Um, because I remember those days and I remember my dad saying that it was the hardest time of his life. (laughs) I'm sure my parents will say the same, although I never stopped to, um, I feel like I still give my parents headaches because I'm like, Hey, I'm going to move to America. Like they're just like, Oh my goodness, what is going on? (laughs) But that's what happens when you live life with two people. You, uh, you got to take big risks in your goals and your dreams because you, you know it's too short to uh to do otherwise do we have a chance just quickly yes um okay because I really want to touch on something that you mentioned earlier that we discussed and that's about grief holding yes. space for it yes and then absolutely. the guilt that you can feel when suddenly you find yourself bursting out laughing and all yes. that and you're like wait I'm meant to be grieving so I guess one of the most profound things that I realized it really helped me hold space for grief and in fact realize that I I actively want to welcome grief and keep it a part of me is realizing that grief isn't caused by loss it comes from love right like people around us die all the time but we don't love them so we don't grieve them like not in an unsensitive way but you know you just don't have that connection so you don't grieve it is love that causes grief 
So how would you want to push grief out of your life? Where do you ever want to get to the phase where you're past the grief or anything like that? You don't, you actually don't. Because the only way I stop grieving my sister is I stop loving her. And that is just not an option. I, I, I grieve, I break down and I cry now. And then I cry about how grateful I am that I'm still crying and grieving my sister because it comes up to nine years this year since she passed. Yeah. And I still, my body and my heart and my soul still loved her so much that it will cause me to break down. I love that humans can still have that connection, even though we haven't seen each other in that many years. I think what a beautiful gift. Like I can crave and love and miss another human so, so much. So I let it, of course, at first, you know, the ugly pain all comes and then I cry at the joy of like, I still love my sister this much that no time can ever erase that. And I can bring her to my mind, you know, and think of her. And of course, you know, for anyone who's lost a loved one, you know that I feel like during about five years after losing her, I transitioned into starting to grieve some of the memories, some of the the details get a bit blurry and those Mm. little things that you realize you're going to slightly fade. But the essence of that person, those little things that really mean the most, no one can ever take that from you. And so- Unless, like, if you want to get rid of the grief, just know you will lose all of that. And so it's not true that you actually want to get rid of the grief. And that's how I, I, I hold space for it is knowing it's all born from, from love. And one of the greatest things that we get to experience as humans is that love. So try not to resist it. Sometimes I just physically picture just like holding that space for the grief. Um, and then in terms of the of the guilt, right, of feeling like, I'm laughing again. I just had a really great night out with my friends and should have been at home, you know, looking over photos, mourning them. I always, what brings me back to the question is like, what feels most like love? You know, what would love do in this situation? And if you think about how love acts, it's not like, if you're really coming from love, it's not hiding away from opportunities, moping around the house, hiding in your room, being short tempered with friends. Love's a complete opposite of that. It's showing up in the world, trying to be more kind and and making more effort and also having love for yourself during the moments where maybe you can't make it out of the door because you've just had a meltdown and you just need to stay home. But it's realizing that the way you really honor that person is through getting out and and living your own life. And I'm I'm not saying you have to go start a charity for for (laughs) someone you've lost as well, but you will know within yourself when maybe you've lit a candle, ordered a drink, eaten a food, gone to a place, and you've thought of that person and you've connected with them again, that's what matters, finding those little ways and knowing that if they could, like I know if my sister could say two words to me, it would be keep living. Yeah. And I know everyone that we've lost would say the same. Like they don't get the opportunity to watch the sunrise now, hug their loved ones, eat a delicious donut. Like they don't get those opportunities. So like do it for them. Like that's what I believe love would do. And so know that, you're not loving them less by getting out there and living in more. You are bringing more of their love and their legacy into the world. So it's the best way that you can honor them. So that's how I really, again, choose to think about it and look at it and the, like the purpose I've found and the story that brings me strength. Um, yeah, is through really seeing it like that. Incredible, Kate. I, I absolutely admire that. And I really love the way that you've said that because it is important that, we, we do continue to live our lives and we do continue to live it with the legacy of, of our loved ones. Um, and as you said, grief is all about loving somebody so much. 
that um, that you have that intense feeling within your heart. And it's not saying that um, it's not saying that you love them any less if you go on with your life because that's exactly what they would want you to do. They don't yeah. want you sitting at home grieving and and crying all night. Um, yeah. They want you to live your life and and be the best version. Do, you know, not everybody is is going to get up and start a foundation for their sister yeah. or or do what Kate's doing. But you can do little things, small things that are going to be in your loved one's memory. And, um, and I, I really thank you so much, Kate, for bringing this story to, to the forefront and helping our teenagers understand why resilience is so important and why they are worthy. Their, their level of self-esteem and self-worth is so important to recognise that, that they're worthy in this world and that they have the power to choose um, whether to be happy or not because yes. happiness is a choice and, and sometimes we actually don't want to choose to be happy and that's okay yeah we don't want like you know they've got to allow space for like the purpose of to be happy all the time because happiness is about feeling good all the time and yeah it's actually more about us if you're like what can I bring to the world how can I serve how can I find purpose in this you know you think beyond yourself that is actually one of the greatest humans fulfillment we're wired for contribution and for growth um, the interesting thing is we're also wired to seek like seek safety and hide in a cave and not do it. <laughs> so that's why it's always a struggle, right? Our human, our, like our brain is kind of like everything's a threat and scary, but then I also want to get out there and do meaningful things. So that's why I think I want to finish on just saying like resilience is a skill and it's an active daily practice. It's not yeah. reading one health self-help book. It's not reading one inspiring quote. It's not trying to think one positive thought. It is daily practice just like if you want to get better at playing soccer or the piano it takes that repetition and that commitment and that's the only way you're going to see growth with this so really just don't hear us talking and going, oh, yeah, I've tried that one or you know whatever it's realizing as well the last thing I want to say is we talk about beliefs like that belief system and that really helps them guys know that beliefs are choices okay they're nothing more than thoughts you've thought over and over so often they're part of your subconscious but you can bring them to your consciousness question them and then let go and redirect away from the ones that you don't want to wire into your brain anymore and actively purposely practice the ones you do that's how you change your belief system so don't have that fixed mindset have a growth mindset of that with practice you can improve um, all of your resilience skills absolutely well thank you so much kate for being with us today and for sharing your story and all of that valuable information um everything that you want to know about kate is actually found on in your playbook so make sure you head across there and take a look and um yeah until next time kate thank you so much for being with us thank you so much